subscription bundle of different streaming services and on those different individual streaming services there's a lot going on there's different characters there's different plots there are different missions that have to be completed side quests the missions could be minor or major or minor with a major payoff stuff that I have to put a pin in and come back to later and, you know, I don't always share my side missions because some things gotta be just for me. But today I feel like sharing. Earlier last week, I went with my sweet friends Kaylee and Tina to be in the studio audience of The Drew Barrymore Show. A lot of perks to being in the studio audience of The Drew Barrymore Show in comparison to other shows. You don't have to wait outside super early to get in. It's very easy to get to. And who doesn't love Drew Barrymore? One of America's sweethearts. If 51st Dates doesn't set you up for the nonsensical falsity of daily reoccurring amnesia and the unrealistic expectations of love at first sight and what your partner will do for you on a daily basis, then babes, I don't know what does. And we gobble it up. But that's what Drew does. She provides a whimsical escapism. I admire that. So we walk up to the building where the show is filmed, and we hop on the end of the line. Yeah, I'm not proud of it, but in that moment, we were sheep, saw people, saw a line, stood on it. Before we're even on the line for one minute, a man in charge of something yells out, Are you priority? Without missing a beat, I respond, We could be. I turned into Norma fucking Jean. We could be. Oh, sir, we certainly are meant for priority. Can't you just see how priority we're meant to be? We could be. You could be, but you're not. You could be, but you're not. It was like someone took a pair of cymbals and smashed them against my head. It was as if I was starving and the only thing on the menu was humble pie. Mm, I don't know why, but when he said it, it felt like my brain short-circuited and all I heard was My new greatest fear is being on my deathbed. And the last thought I think is this man yelling out to me outside the Drew Barrymore show. You could be, but you're not. Then I'm up in heaven. Matter of fact, I'm outside Club Heaven's Gates. St. Peter holding the clipboard's fine ass asks me if I'm priority. I bat my juicy, thick lashes. I could be. Then poosh, out pops the devil. You could be, but you're not. <sighs> After I've made so many deals with him, we moved over to the general admission line, which was another problem because they needed my vax card and I didn't have it. And since they don't accept backlogged podcast episode where I talk about getting vaccinated, I mean, come on, my guy, how many languages are you going to tell me you don't listen to the podcast? Ouch. I did find a picture of my vax card. If you're looking for yours, just type in vaccine or COVID into your pictures and a picture will come right up if you've taken one. And I was in turn led into the studio audience. How bad would that have been if I couldn't find my vax card and I had to walk past fake-ass Jason Statham, defender of the priority line? By Joe, I think I would have just died. I can't tell you much about the show inside or what happened during the episode because frankly, I did not 
read the NDA they made us sign. This podcast is my bread and butter, baby. Well, it's my butter. I'm working on the bread part. And I'm already on the audience most wanted list for the crime of not being priority by their egregious standards. You think I'm going to jeopardize my standing further by sharing the secrets of the unaired episode? You're out your goddamn mind. I will say there was one thing that Drew said that I laughed so hard at because I related to it. And my promise to you is I will tell you what that is and why after the episode airs. But until that time, I need you to know. And I absolutely promise you, I will be on that priority seating line. You hear me stretched out, Joe Rogan? This is now my side quest and I will not stop. And then after that, I'm sitting beside my new bestie, Drew Barrymore, and I'm sharing the tale of how I wasn't on the priority line. Now that will be an episode worth waiting in line for. Welcome to the Rocky Rundown, where you get to learn a little bit about my week. Party God Squad, hello. Did you have a good week? I sure hope so. I hope it was full of slam dunks. That's right, for everyone slow on the uptake, that was a basketball reference. Because I went to a college basketball game. Two, actually, because it was a twofer. And let me tell you, it was exciting. It's exciting because a lot of those guys, they don't even know what's in store for them. Their careers have not even begun yet. Money like they ain't never seen once they get drafted. Basketball also moves so quickly that I love watching it. That game could be neck and neck, then boom, one team could get into a flow state. Yeah, that's what I'm calling it because they get into such a rhythm with each other that it's just basket after basket. I went with John because we do everything from Kesha to Farm Aid to college basketball together, baby. We want to be entertained. Our seats were great, but because it was college basketball, the fans of one school were on one side and the others were on another designated side. We had no allegiance to either school, so we decide we're just going to cheer for the team whose side we're sitting on. Davidson versus VCU. Not to be confused with UC Davidson. Shout out to all my sorority life fans out there. The problems were this. VCU was winning and we were not sitting on their side and their school had a more energetic band. Their fans were louder. The energy is what any team would have wanted. We just kind of slumped there, praying for a win. Since now we have this circumstantial loyalty to this team, which I don't even think they lost because of skill. They lost because their fans were weak as a collective. We stayed in our spots for the second game, which was George Mason versus St. Louis. St. Louis came in hot. Their pep band had not one, not two, but three singers. They had dancers that danced alongside the band, not just the cheerleaders. And their crowd was ready to party at 1 p.m. on a Thursday. Then you had George Mason. Now, George Mason, all their fans got the memo about everybody wearing blue, so that's nice. Good for them. And their band lacked bass, but they still played, and it was fine. They wanted to be to their own drum. Do your thing, chicken wings. What they lacked in general merriment, which St. Louis had the merriment, they made up in points. Oh my God, they swept the floor with St. Louis. Swept the floor, which sucked because they had the creepiest mascot. I'm fine with the players winning, yes, but watching this mascot jump around the court, well, that's a thing of nightmares. 
And I'm not just saying this. Their mascot is the Billington, the only school in the country to have a Billington as a mascot. The Billington is considered to be a good luck charm in other parts of the country. It's also legitimately on a top 10 creepiest mascots in America list, according, and I agree, to a poll. Just Google it. Sitting on the losing team's side again for both games was, you know, not my vibe. But watching college kids' dreams come true was. So good for them. And being so close to courtside showed me I think I'd like to be courtside. I'm walking out of the arena, a man walks past me, and he smelled terrible to me. Objectively, he may have smelled good. A little floral, powdery, if that's your thing. But as he passed me, his smell made me gag. I was supremely grossed out by his pheromones. And that, I think, is epigenetics. Someone in my bloodline must have been harmed or enemies or wronged by someone who smelled like that. So I just want to give a big shout out to my ancestors. Ancestors send us genetic warnings in our DNA that are pre-programmed. You may not always know why certain smells make you sick on first sniff, but my recommendation is don't find out. If someone says to you, does this smell good and you don't think it does, don't lie. If someone's pheromones are something you have to get past, then run fast. You could be inviting chaos into your life. You don't gel with that person. And it's histrionic. There's a reason it's called your nose. It knows. But it's hard out here for everybody. That man doesn't know our ancestors have beef. We're all just hopefully trying to do our best. Some people aren't. Some people suck. But I like to believe that most of us are trying to do our best. Trying to live your life in 2023 is like playing Monopoly with Jenga pieces on a sorry board. This shit is not for the weak. Another obstacle I'm personally dealing with is people in my life that I'm used to seeing masked now being unmasked. So now I need to retrain my brain to recognize their face for what it is and not the face I made up in my head. But that's okay because we want to keep our brain sharp as a tack. And I thought about giving you another Irish word today because if you listened to last week, I told you that the Irish language is endangered. But I'm not just going to give away the bond for free. I'm no cow. If you do want to learn some Irish words with me, you can join my Patreon. I'm going to teach you a word a week. And I suggest you learn them in case we all have to flee to Ireland. I told you, these are trying times. The lieutenant governor of Tennessee voted to ban drag in his state. Meanwhile, he's been commenting for three years on a 17-year-old boy's ass shots on Instagram. For three years, the kid is 20 now, but he started commenting when this child was 17. Yeah, a child. 17 is a minor. And they were ass, 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 ass shots. And he wants to look America in the face and say he's anti-drag? Are you fucking kidding me? Now, I know commenting on a 17-year-old boy's ass shots is not drag, but to say you're anti-drag and that the drag queens are the ones grooming children? I think you might not know what grooming means, and that's scary. Stop changing the narrative of this country and blaming the drag queens. These people are just jealous that RuPaul's created an entire universe. And you can't be a part of it. These guys are gross predators. And I hate to generalize, but it's these old white men in their airhead bobarts bouncing around have a handmaid's tale agenda for this country. I know, it sucks and it's scary. 
But you, my friend, listening, you have more power than you think. Walgreens stopped carrying the legal, L-E-G-A-L, legal abortion pill in a bunch of states. What the fuck is that, you ask? It's control. It's control over women. It's control over marginalized women. It's control over our bodies. But I want you to listen to me, all right? And I know you're already listening if you heard me say that, but I really want to make sure you're listening. This is a capitalist country. You know that. I can't change that by myself. So if you can't beat them at their own game, well, motherfuckers, reread the rule book. Don't shop at Walgreens. Put your money where your mouth is. Dwayne Reed, also a part of Walgreens. Don't give them one red cent. They're a corporation that's trying to hold women and this country back. They're trying to hold us back by decades. They don't want to move forward. If you didn't know that, now you learned better. So what do we do when we learn better? We do better. Until they bring that pill back. For women across this country, then you put your money elsewhere. Maybe you're not a protester. Maybe you don't think it really matters. Oh, but let me tell you, it really matters. So just don't shop there. Go the extra five minutes to another drugstore down the street. Because if you step foot in there and you spend your money, what you're saying is, I support a corporation that flat out said, I don't think women are equals. Plenty of companies we all support don't think women are equals. And we're not doing the research to find out because we have Instagram and things to do. We don't have to lie to each other. And life is really, really busy. And people are just trying to stay above water. But if you have that information and you know that information, don't be on the side of the oppressor. There's plenty of corporations that we're all supporting that probably hate women and want to set this country back. But it's up to us to fight against the grain and we can only do that together. So you buy your masking tape somewhere else. So you switch your prescription over. Little adjustments. That's how we take care of ourselves. That's how we take care of our neighbors. That's how we unify a broken country. That brings us to Rocky's highest thoughts, my most stoned thoughts of the week. Number one, the greatest of everything is out there and it may never come to the surface. Number two, people don't remember stuff. Don't take it too personally. Number three, at what age do you say hard pass on a nipple piercing? Or do you always say the world's my oyster? And that's a trick question because the world is my oyster. And number four, sometimes I say never have I ever, when in reality, I have evered. My guest this week is a writer, comedian, podcast host, and general awesome gal, Camille Corbett. Camille's wild word was mediocre white men. And if you can believe it, this story is not about our lawmakers. So you're in for a real treat. If you haven't done so already, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can follow me at Wild Nights with Rocky on TikTok and Instagram, at Wild Nights Pod on Twitter. If you want to watch extended interviews with all of my guests, please subscribe on YouTube. You can support the show with your wallet by joining my Patreon for 2 or $5 a month. Remember, you're going to get that weekly Irish word. A big thank you and a future thank you to everyone who's written and everyone who will write a review after this episode is over. It really does make a difference. And now, please enjoy my Wild Nights conversation with Camille Corbett. 
Camille, welcome. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's great to meet you. How is it going? Everything is going really well. I told you a little bit before we started recording that I had been uh, spending my whole afternoon and morning with you these past couple days. I've just been watching The Smoke Show Show, which is your YouTube show um, and podcast. And uh, we've had a lot of crossover guests, you and I. Oh, who have you had that I've had? Anastasia Washington I've had. Oh yeah, I love her. Oh my God. Yeah, and I loved loved watching her on your show. Um, Ashley Ray Harris, who you've just co-hosted her podcast, right? Yeah, her podcast was dope. It was like a series. FM or XM, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, no, I think you had it right. Serious XM. Okay. Yeah. Serious XM. It was really cool. Um, we got to interview Garcelle, who's like the only black, uh, real housewife of Beverly Hills. And like, I'm a huge fan of her. She was on the Jimmy Fox show and I love that show growing up. I have to tell you, if I ever have a daughter, I wanted to name her Francesca just so I could call her yes. fancy because of that show. Yes. Fancy is such a good name for like a hot girl. Yes. <laughs> It is. It really and is. Cat. Yeah, and a cat. <laughs> and I did even later on. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about housewives because I know that you're a Potomac gal. Yeah, um, I'm a Beverly Hills gal myself. I have watched first season of Potomac. I do plan on getting back into it. They want but... each other to die. Yeah. <laughs> What's who's the one that she she talks like this? She's always like, oh my god, her her and her husband. Is it Karen? Like, she's always like having problems with her husband. They're like on and off again. And she's like, oh my god, my husband. But she has a really monotone voice. I feel like if you said her name, I would. I would know it right off the bat. But Karen is the one Oh, that's- you're talking about Robin Dixon. Robin Dixon, yeah. Yeah, I lo- everyone's I to- coming for her. <laughs> really? Does she have a lot she going on? She lied about her husband had like infidelity while the like season was airing and she didn't like bring it up or anything and just married him. Oh like, my God. Everyone- and it's like, what is this? What's going on? Is this some sort of arrangement? Can you give us the tea, Robin? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I have been saying I need to get back on the Potomac ship, but I've been a Beverly Hills. That was the one that got me into it. And so having Garcelle on the show, I just think she's incredible. Yeah, I want to meet Cal Richards so badly. <laughs> too. Me too. She's a tiny little thing. Yeah, I, I should try and like buy like one of her like very eclectic pieces from her store. Her store, whenever it's shown, <laughs> I'm just like, who wears this? <laughs> I know her caftans and her fucking yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> they're like robes you wear around the house while you like roll around Chinese medicine balls. I'm, I'm like, crying. Oh, where are we you wearing know this? whose show I do love? Her husband's. Oh my God, husband, me too. It's called like selling like Beverly Hills. Or, or buying Beverly Hills. Buying Beverly Hills. It's so good. Girl, I binged it in a day. I binged it I, in a I day. I binged it so quick. And you know why I binged it in a day? Because Maurizio, he's hot as he's fuck. Fine. He's fine. He's hot as fuck. And you know what Maurizio is not? A mediocre white man. Not at all. I'm crying. <laughs> So Camille's wild word was mediocre white man. So Camille, can you please bring us your wild night story? I'm dying to hear it. Mediocre white man. Okay, this is like so embarrassing. I haven't told this on the podcast yet. Oh, yay. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I'm thinking about adding it to my set though. So Mm -hmm. whatever. This this is practice. Let's practice, baby. Um, 
So I was like dating this dude and like he was like really insecure. Like all my life I'd always wanted to be a writer and I always imagined like dating another writer. And so like I at the time I was an assistant and I like met this dude who was like a writer and like we just like hit it off right away. We like started dating. It was good. But like he was always like very insecure mm-hmm. that the only reason I was dating him was because I was a writer and I always wanted to date like a writer. Uh-huh. And he was just like, that's the only reason why you want to be with me and all this stuff. And he was like, you're going to leave me when you become very successful because you're going to realize it's not enough and you're going to want like a hot actor or something. And I was just like, what? <laughs> this is crazy. You're crazy. Yeah. Um, he was always like filled with that insecurity. So like we had a very tumultuous relationship because of that. So so one day things aren't working out with us. And I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to start dating other men. And he called me a slut. So I like low key trashed his apartment. I like threw books everywhere and like poured detergent all over them because I'm crazy. All right, let's stop it. That's okay. You're not crazy. You were feeling feelings, my friend. You were feeling feelings. But don't call me a slut. (laughs) Don't call you a slut. You know, if you're not doing it endearingly, no room to call you a slut. Now, when you say you said a little bit, you threw his books, you poured detergent. Let's let's go into the details. What did trashing his apartment entail I I just like threw books yeah yeah I threw books and then I went into his like laundry closet thing and I just I saw what I could I was looking for bleach but I found <laughs> second best <laughs> and I was like this will be really hard for him to clean up and yeah. so then I poured it because I was like we're not playing that also yeah. like he was like white mm-hmm. and there's like a you know like a racial dynamic he was like older than me I was just like we have to have respect it has yeah. to be so I was just like no no done good put down and so then I left and so like I just like don't talk to him for like a month okay in a month he manages to like date an entire woman like right. somehow I, I feel like immediately as soon as I left he hopped on tinder like yeah. I truly believe that was what happened and like so obviously he still had feelings for me because literally like I didn't really date anyone at that time it, it was a month and he yeah like had somehow like went on like three or four dates with this woman. That's because he's Jose loyal. Yeah, he basically was like, I was just trying to move on or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like we're toxic. So eventually I'm just like, I'm bored. Let me talk to him. Mm-hmm. I think he's on, he's been on timeout enough. So I started talking to him and he explains the situation. I'm like, okay, you can keep dating her. We could just like be friends. Mm-hmm. He immediately dumps her, like immediately dumps her. I'm like, come on. Like, <laughs> give her a chance. I was like, it's clear we're not compatible. I just mm-hmm. literally want to be friends. Yeah. And like, obviously he dumps her. So we just like start dating again. And however, this girl, she's like very upset because he like basically love bombed her, like was wanting to hang out with her the entire time and then dumped her as soon as I came back. Like that's craziness. Yes. Like yes. I think back yeah. now and I'm like, what is wrong? Who would do that? Like, yeah, that's yeah. Crazy. like take a break. Like at the time, he was, like, a very high-level writer, and he had no, like, sample, like, writing sample. And I was like, that was the time you should have been writing your sample. Yeah, Not yeah, love yeah. bombing a woman, but... Get your anyway. revenge with success. Best revenge is your paper. Yeah, <laughs> he should have sold the show in that time. <laughs> yeah, he should... Yeah, something like that. But, yeah, instead he did that. And so she became, like, very obsessive. Yeah, she started, like, you know, messaging him, stuff like that. I was a slut. He was like, is all this other stuff like very abusive towards me because I'm sure that he told her what I did which I ruined his part (laughs) or you could argue you made it cleaner (laughs) yeah he he had to get a real nice deep clean he wasn't reading those books anyways they were all for show whatever (laughs) I read them he didn't so whatever 
They were um, empty inside. Yeah, they were empty inside. They were all just filled with cocaine, his favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, we get back together. We just start immediately dating, whatever. Yeah. So, like, one night we just have a crazy fight. Like, I'm just like, it's just like, again. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make a scene. I'm just going to leave him my negligee to show him how hot of a girl he is going to mm-hmm. miss. Mm-hmm. Um, and how soon after you had gotten back together did you have this big fight? I think it was like two weeks. Great. (laughs) (laughs) It was like two. It was so soon. It was so soon. So it'd been like two weeks since he had broken up with this girl and two weeks into our like relationship or whatever, our rekindled relationship. Of course. And like, yeah, I forgot an important detail. I came that night and like, he always talked about how he wanted someone, a girl to come to his door in a trench coat, you know? So I came in a trench coat and a negligee like surprised him and like yeah. he was like on an episode so he was like oh this is whatever like let's fuck yeah <laughs> and then like it like sort of goes like sideways after that so I'm like fuck you I'm leaving and I like rush out in my negligee I don't even put my coat on I'm like whatever the car is like right there it's right. like midnight mm-hmm. no one's gonna see me I didn't think anything of it but then when I walk outside I noticed someone hiding in the bush what? <laughs> No, don't you tell me that it was her. Don't you yeah. tell me it was her. It was, it was It was. the girl. She was right in the bushes, right in front. I was just like, oh my gosh, she heard us fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we would go in on each other. Like yeah. two writers, we like, yeah, we were going in. <laughs> you were getting real creative, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I was just like, what the fuck? This bitch is about to murder me. <laughs> You're oh, in negligee. She's in a tree costume. He's yeah. got a type, yeah. <laughs> it was just too much. And so immediately I rushed to the door and I'm like screaming, let me back in. But like, I literally had just cussed him out. I was like, I'm never coming back sort of vibe. So he was just like, what? And like, he, like at first he didn't want to let me in. I was like, no, seriously, there's someone out here. Yeah. And so then he let me in. But the girl like also snuck in behind me and he was like what the fuck and I was like what the fuck nigga like yeah (laughs) but I was still like what the fuck nigga (laughs) I was like what the fuck and after that she like had obviously a long line of questions like if someone love bombs you Mm -hmm. and then just dumps you for someone that they claim is like abusive or crazy or something of course they're gonna have a lot of questions yeah so she like immediately started grilling him and then it became really like kind of dark like Toni Morrison vibes because she was also a black woman Mm -hmm. and she was just like do you like her because she's lighter than me and all of this stuff or is like Mm -hmm. is this the type of woman you like looking at me and I'm like what is that supposed to mean yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) first of all like what kind (laughs) of woman or whatever and like it was just like all of these deep questions so immediately like I saw his like tin of edibles and there were like five mg and I just started popping them like Mm -hmm. back to back I probably ate like Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is too much yeah yeah, and then she was just like she has to leave or like he was basically like I have to like you guys have to leave or whatever because of my episode and I was just like I'm not leaving yeah I'm going outside with her her." but like eventually obviously she had to leave and she was very upset that I was the one that was still there obviously but I was just like why would you stay? You're the yes. weird win. Like you got dumped. Like yeah. I have never been dumped before and mm-hmm. like felt the need to do something like that. Like a part of me is like, is it because I have too much self-esteem or I don't have enough? Cause it's like, for me, I'm, <laughs> you know, 
like to stand well, up for myself. That's a great, <laughs> that is actually a really great question to pontificate over. You know, yeah. <laughs> do you have so much self-esteem that you will wait in a bush or do you have no self-esteem that you'll wait in a bush? That honestly is the age old I question. I don't know which one it is. I've never heard it posed that way. And I, that's a thinker for show, for show. Well, yeah, I like, you know, growing up, like you always hear like women are crazy, the, right. but like a lot of times, like women are just like standing up for like some horrible thing that has happened to them. I don't know, like he said some really horrible things about the reason why he broke up with her regarding her hygiene. Yeah. <laughs> so I would definitely, I would have just murdered him if I were her. Yeah. And rather than ask why not me, <laughs> but I'm sure he didn't tell her. Or yeah. whatever. But I just feel like it it was like a horrible thing that happened. Yes. And I feel like for him, it was a confidence boost. Of course. So like the next day, he was just like, he was like, Yeah, I've been talking about it with my friends and they think it's crazy that y'all were fighting over me. I was like, I was not fighting over you. I almost got murdered by yeah. some crazy bitch you didn't cut off properly. <laughs> Right. He was just like, you know, I thought of a, like a show idea. It's called like mediocre white dude and two black girls fight over me. Is that the title? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. Okay. Well, this is not two guys and going to a pizza like, place, my friend. <laughs> I was just like, what? Who fought over you? And I was just like, that is insane. It was just like ironic to me because I had dated someone before him and he like begged for me to break up with them. And yeah. I'm like, should I have called it? No, I was like that. The title of the show should be mediocre white dude. When you were fighting over me with another dude, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. 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 Wow. I can't. And honestly, you going back in the house was the right move because she could have followed you to your car, anything. You don't know if she had anything what my on car looked like. She knew or okay, she didn't I know. She did. And I will say this. I had a yellow car until very recently. Some high bitch totaled it. And that was the second time like a crazy ex of like one of my boyfriends could identify my car. And she would like message him often like she's at your house or whatever. And I'm like, why does she even care or stuff like that? Yeah. And it was because I had a very identifiable car. But in a previous relationship, it was like the same thing. Like I remember like I read like an email that like one of like my like exes exes sent him about me. And it was like, yeah, that stupid princess bitch in her yellow car. Crazy. So yeah, I will never own a yellow car again. No, absolutely not. It's so identifiable. Oh my God. You and him after that, you said you left that night, right? Yeah. Did you well, give it some? I mean, at the next day, I did not leave that night. Oh, you say that night. Okay, okay. But I had to because- yeah. I didn't know how long she would just stay there. Like, Absolutely not. Yeah, I don't, I literally understand her like thought process yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah. And like how many times had she done that with us there before? You have no idea. It could have been millions. It could have been every she single time. Yeah, she's definitely mentally unwell. Yeah. And you don't know how long after you two continued, she did that again. Yeah. And it freaks me out because I know yeah. she continued because she would like text them. Oh, I see her car. And we hung out like almost every night. So it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's like, I see her car from where the bushes, like get out of the bushes. This is That's not so scary. This is not the move. That is scary though. So I think we got our answer, the, the confidence boost or the not. 
let's just say well, now she's a very successful writer so maybe it was oh. like i look and i'm like maybe like it's kind of ironic because we're both more successful than him now yes but <laughs> it's kind of crazy to me that like she must have had like great self-confidence or something yeah or like the madness of a genius <laughs> yeah you know what sometimes too I think that women, especially if I can just generalize for a second, especially with love bombing men, I'm not defending her behavior of hiding in the bushes that that no, I I understand because he's a piece of shit. Like, I'm sure he was just using her for attention, you know? Yeah. And and really, I feel like because there are so many mediocre men out there that are doing the least. When somebody comes in and all of a sudden is doing the most, most women, we know what love bombing is. We know what it looks like. But when you're being love bombed, you can't sometimes see. Yeah, at a certain point, you're like, isn't this the love that I deserved? Yes. That I haven't been getting. But then you're also like, why so quickly? Why me? But it's like those questions don't indicate having like, you know, good self-esteem if you're asking why me too. So it's like. It's a hard thing to navigate love bombing. Yeah. But I think that the biggest thing of love bombing is the time spent together. Mm. And him and I's relationship was very gradual. Yes. And there they just like hung out a lot at once. It was clear he was trying to fill a void. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in most of the situations where I've been love bombed myself, that was the biggest indicator, like the time spent. Yes, yes, that is. And honestly, anybody listening that thinks they may have been love bombed or might be getting love bombed, take that into consideration. If somebody is doing a huge grand gesture for you after two weeks, you might be getting love bombed, yeah. <laughs> you know? Are you like our boyfriend, girlfriend after two weeks? Even if it's like great, like Mar Brocka and her husband like fell in love in the first day that they met. Yeah. Knew that they wanted to be together. I think he like proposed like a week after or something mm-hmm. like that. That is fine. They're still together to this day. Right. But like, just know that's very rare. Mm-hmm. Just know that's very rare. Understand that that is very rare. <laughs> yeah. How long did you and him stay together after all this happened? Probably like a year. So basically gotcha. that that happened probably this around this time of year in like 2019. So like March okay. 2019. Mm-hmm. And then... We stayed together till like 2020. He tried to quarantine with me and I said no because I knew we would kill each other. And that's when we broke up. I really refused to quarantine with him. So I quarantined single without him because I was like, we would kill each other. I'm pretty sure like the cops would be called. There would be like domestic violence (laughs) at that point because like he was like an alcoholic and Mm -hmm. I just don't suffer fools. It's a bad combo. Yeah, Um, yeah especially during when the only thing you can do is drink and that's really one of the only times where it's so it was so socially acceptable to be drunk every night and he was already drunk every night yeah I would visit him like every other day at his place Mm -hmm. in that time span of like two or three days there would be like 18 beer bottles 12 beer bottles and I would clean them up and he'd be like oh don't I'll do it but I'm like you just left it they're like all on this counter I'm like making him seem so appealing (laughs) 
But <laughs> yeah, that was another thing. I was just like, bitch, what are you fighting over? Yeah. Like, that was, well, like, I was isn't like, that always it? It's like, bitch, what are we fighting over? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't <laughs> fighting. I was just like, you need to handle this. Cause I just like fell <laughs> back for her. Yeah. Cause it was like, he dumped her. I was fine with them being together. Yeah. Like, I was fine with her having a turn. Cause I knew that he was like, no woman his age would want him. Yeah. Because. <laughs> He was was like 31 and I was like 23 and she was like 31. And I was Mm -hmm. like, if you actually knew him, you wouldn't want him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You would not want him to impregnate you. You would not want him to marry you. Like none of that. You don't want to bring him home to meet the fam. Yeah. You wouldn't want, like, he's just, he's not giving that. He's not giving Um, that. At least for me, he wasn't giving that. I was like to a 23 year old, he's not giving that. How could he give that to like a 31 year old woman? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not happening. And so, yeah, I just knew that like it wasn't worth he wasn't worth the fight, but I did like want to remain friends with him. It was just like impossible. And yeah, the way that we broke up, we were like getting supplies to like quarantine together and it was like raining and I had just like gotten off work and he was just like bitching at me, calling me all these names. And like at the time, my job was very toxic. I was like yeah. on, in my first comedy room. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a bunch of male comedians constantly just like ragging on me all the time. Yeah. Even though I was funnier than them. Fuck of that. Course. That was and- probably the reason you were getting ragged on. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like sick of it. And so I was just like, get the fuck out my car, my yeah. yellow car. And I dropped him off like somewhere deep valley. He lived in like Los Feliz, like in mm-hmm. at- the 7-Eleven and I was like deuces and he was like I'll never talk to you again I was like okay that's like the it, point. <laughs> literally. I was like I need to do something so bad he never talks to me because we'd always like get back together and that mm-hmm. worked good good well good for you and I'm happy to hear that you're doing better than him and I'm honestly happy to hear that she's doing better than him as well you know yeah. what I mean she's earned it she's earned, she's it. earned it out of all of us she's earned it because <laughs> I would never make a fool over an alcoholic mediocre white man that's insane that's amazing <laughs> yes and and none of us should let's just put that etch it on a tombstone like nobody make a big deal over a mediocre white man please and thank you we're not bringing that energy into 2023 we are bringing we are bringing the energy of making your own work happen doing your own project so you have your show which is in its second season right the smoke show show oh yes yes so you bring on women in entertainment primarily female comedians and you just talk weed with them and life experiences. I've watched very many episodes of it and it feels like a, a warm, you you curate this warm environment for them. Everybody talks about their own experiences with weed. I know one of the reasons you said you wanted to start it is just because like you love weed so much, but how, how have you seen your show grow from beginning to now? Well, at first I was like very nervous about like the structure of the show Mm -hmm. and like what is even smoke show show Mm -hmm. just like figuring out what that was and like honestly having Ashley Ray on the first episode was excellent because she is like such a voice in cannabis and in comedy that like it was easy to like navigate and sort of make the show whatever I wanted even after her because she just like was so like in depth but like what I found from that like first pilot was just like, I just love talking to people about their little idiosyncrasies about weed. Mm -hmm. Like in the first season, I really tried to like focus on like, you know, teaching the audience while talking to people. But then I realized like that part doesn't really matter. No one really cares 
about instructional weed videos. It's more about like the relationships that I'm building with these people and talking about like their experiences in cannabis. And so for me, I feel like that's what Smoke Show has come to. It's like more like there's weed there and we'll discuss like a new product or something. Like I like to bring in like new different products and stuff for us to try, but that's like not the focus. Like, cause yeah. in the first season I had like a few episodes of like, oh, this is how you clean your bong and stuff. Yeah. But I feel like it, like, it's really just like talking to people and getting to know them is what people really enjoy. Yeah. And I honestly think having a few episodes like that where you're being instructional with weed is fine because I, I learned how to roll a joint by years ago by watching a YouTube video that said, this is how you roll a joint. And now, of course, there's cones. You can just do it super easy. It's but... ironic. That <laughs> it's crazy. I did a whole episode on how to roll. Yeah. And I still don't know how to roll. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I still use cones. Yeah, I use cones too there. It's not, my roll joints are not great, but I'm like, if in a pinch, if I had to, I could do. And I, and I sometimes like those a little bit better. Uh, my, my own personal roll joint, it's much easier to just do a cone. And so I got to have you on smoke show. I know I'm actually going to come out to LA and end of September, October. So I would love That's to perfect. link up. Yeah, I really want to, I've had so many guests on from LA, probably like half of my guests have been from LA. And I really want to, my ultimate goal is to um, rent a house out there that's party friendly, like an Airbnb that's party friendly and just invite all the comedians that I've had on to come plus my LA yeah, friends. I, yeah, because I feel like everybody sort of knows each other. It's like a circle loop. But what I was going to say about the having the instructional videos on there is like, you know, you'll get somebody in the YouTube algorithm who might search for that. And then they learn from you and then they see you have this whole show that's not about that. That's more about like the culture. And like I learned about you, you, you're not an indica person. Well, I have switched. You have I switched. basically became an indica person after I had a panic attack. Wow. I was like breaking up with one of my exes. Mm -hmm. Common theme. And <laughs> it's okay. That's like I like had a panic attack while on sativa. Like crazy. I felt like the room was like spinning around me and I was going to die and my chest was caving in and mm -hmm. I was like no more sativa. Even though like sativa made me so efficient, like I could yes. be doing a thing while smoking cannabis. It just wasn't worth it to me. And so now I do indica and I feel like now indica makes me so reliant on smoking weed to be hungry. That's like the only negative I see. And it makes you kind of sleepy. Interesting. Yeah, it makes me very sleepy. That's why I tend to stick with sativas. I think that is so interesting that you equated it with the strain of weed rather than weed as a whole. Yeah. So many people are like, yeah, weed makes you paranoid and anxious. I'm like, don't smoke sativa. And they're like, no, I yeah. just can't do it anymore. And yeah. It's like, like, I get that. Or like mm -hmm. people like will take one, like too strong edible. Like they'll take it 10 MG edible when they're like a novice and they'll be like, I can't take weed anymore. I'm like, how about you try like a 2.5 edible next time? You know, yeah, like don't yeah. just I just think that weed is like one of those great panaceas. Like it does so much good for you mm -hmm. that you shouldn't discount it immediately. Just like sort of find what works for you. Like maybe THC doesn't work for you, but CBD might work. Like I think right. everyone should use CBD no matter yeah. what your age. Like I think yeah. it's great for like, you know, the bombs are great. Like everyone should be using that. I used it for my tattoos okay. and I barely felt them. I used lidocaine oh. cbd bomb and it was amazing and those are really I, sensitive places for anybody yeah, listening sensitive areas. Mm -hmm. wow and you just kind of rubbed it on there 
Yeah, whenever I have an ailment, like my back hurts, whatever, I put CBD bomb. It's great. And also like CBD, like the vial, the droppers mm-hmm. are great to like go to sleep. But yeah, and like relax. I saw you do the droppers on the Brie Geiger episode, also past guest yes. of the show too. And you guys did that. I love uh, Brie. She's so cool. I've never met her in person, only just oh, the show, but she is so cool. We're going to be on a show together, me, her, and Ashley Ray. It's going to be like a cannabis show at nice. a dispensary. And it's March 18th. Oh my God. Please tell them both I said hi and that I can't wait to meet them in person. And you also, you made not a web series, but you made like a mini, mini show. I made a pilot. Pilot. Yeah. Crystal and Chelsea was the name of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, it's called Crystal and Chelsea. It's a pilot by the psychic that scams white women into being less racist. Mm -hmm. We did a Kickstarter for it. Dan O'Shannon was our biggest donor and then um we got a panavision grant for a million dollars worth of equipment wow we shot it in five days i also starred in it mm-hmm. um and produced it i wrote it produced it and i started in it charlotte kennett directed it she's mm-hmm. amazing queer female director mm-hmm. so far it's been doing well like it's on really youtube enjoyable. and it's being distributed by comcast as well I loved it. I loved it. I loved you jumped right off the bat in uh, the first scene. You're in like all animal print, which is my vibe is animal print. I wrote on my dating profile that I will be in animal print 65 to 75% of the time. So if that's a deal breaker, just go now. <laughs> I definitely have like animal print phases in my life where that's mm-hmm. all I'll wear. Like usually in the fall, I'll like yeah. get the Fran vibes going. Yes, the Fran vibes. <laughs> but yeah, I love animal print. I like did all the art for Crystal and Chelsea. So mm-hmm. I did all the production design and I chose everyone's outfits and stuff. Um, so that was like the funnest part because it's so kooky and outlandish. Yeah. Yeah, it was really fun to do that. And like all I still have the cane to this day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you pull tarot cards in your real, like in your everyday life? Are you a tarot reader yourself? Or that was just kind of I don't of know for, anything for the about that. Yeah. Basically, I'm Jamaican and mm-hmm. growing up, my mother was so prescribed to like, you know, I don't know how to say it, spiritualism. Mm-hmm. And like have like, you know, like a spiritual like guide that she would always talk to and sort yeah. of like help her out. And I feel like now she was getting hella scammed. Mm-hmm. And I sort of like wrote Crystal and Chelsea about that, like about the people that use spiritualism closely yes. and like are always like, you know, paying for like to know what's next, to know their future next. And let's like, I feel like realistically, you probably need to see a psychic like once or twice in your life. Yeah. Like you should not be constantly like asking shit, have yeah. them on speed, buying their crystals, all of that. That's too much. Yeah. you're getting scammed at that point and I think that the psychic knows that too and they try and be like you know a therapist but at the same time like they are going to try and make money for their time as well and I, I I see both sides and with Crystal she was very much like yeah I'm scamming these people but I'm going to fix them as well yeah I'm going to put the message through no I really enjoyed it it looked beautiful it was really well done the acting was super great it was just um, it was awesome so I can't wait to see that grow. And I just thought when you just said that about the psychics and tarot readers, I was going through a bit of a rough patch a few years ago, obviously like breakup related, because that's usually when people turn to tarot and psychics and whatnot. And 
And I remember anytime I was on the street, I would see one of those $5 palm readers or $10 tarot reading. And I, I mean, they had my number. I could just, I would just go and sit down. Like, I'm crying. Yeah. Tell me what's my future. What's going to happen. I'm so like nervous. I'm so like lost, whatever. And I remember the moment I must've gone to like over the course of two or three months, I must've gone to like 20 different tarot readers, just (laughs) just all around the city. And I remember the moment that I snapped out of it. I was on the Lower East Side. It was like Second Avenue and like 10th Street. And I had just found the psychic one day randomly. I walked down, I'm sitting, I'm sitting there. She's doing my reading. And then she's like, and you're gonna need these uh it was either crystals or stones she was like you're gonna need these stones these stones are gonna really take you into the next chapter and I go okay well how, how much are the stones <laughs> <laughs> wait where we gotta go to your apartment or something to get them you gotta want you like where's the stones right. <laughs> let's get those stones out right they and know she- how to hype it up <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like you I go forage for them where are the stones at and um when she told me, she's like, actually, you can do it in payment installments. You can give me $150 and I'll get you like the one that will bring you to the next level of ascension. Or you can just give me 300 cash, like right off the bat. And I can give it to you like immediately. I felt like I got like slapped across the face. I was like, oh, Rocky girl, this is bullshit. Like you're getting played. <laughs> you are getting played by random. That psychics. was your ancestor slapping you. Yeah. Like, girl, for real. Slap <laughs> the shit out me. I was like, okay. I was like, you know what? I think I'm good on the stones. I'm good on I'm the back. stones. I'm going to keep it moving, but you have a great day. Uh, you knew I was good on the stones though, right? You already could tell that ahead of time. So that was, I think that was the last time I went to a psychic and that had to be, I don't know, over, almost five years ago now. So I, I felt like I got it, but it definitely was in my system for a minute. So I, I do see how people get wrapped up in it. Yeah, I mean, I'm Jamaican. So it's mm-hmm. like so many people have that like spiritualism factor. Mm-hmm. That's like part of their like culture too. But for me, like I was just like this part of my culture I could do. <laughs> it's kind of a lot. Like I like, you know, some of the stuff obviously I believe like, you know, with like ghosts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I don't know. That's different like, though. Yeah. I, I believe that like, you know, witchcraft mm-hmm. and like voodoo abya whatever you want to call it right Um, you put if you believe in it then it works yeah otherwise I don't think it works like because I definitely saw my mom doing her little spells or whatever Mm -hmm. nothing ever happened gotcha (laughs) gotcha gotcha. I'm just like I I I think that like obviously a good amount of spiritualism is healthy yeah I definitely think um like I believe in God and Mm -hmm. I you know believe in like the supernatural but definitely like with a grain of salt obviously and like you should just rely on like what you feel personally too like just like check in with yourself because it's like you shouldn't like I feel like people that really like psychics they're not trusting their own intuition absolutely not no 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 sometimes you just need like a quiet meditation you sit with a meditation do some journaling I always say I I want to be so badly because a I find my writing is better my mental health is better if I wake up in the morning and just write in a journal first thing clear the pool of my brain um I always feel better when I do that, but I'm just not disciplined enough to do it consistently. So the days I do it, it feels good. But the days I don't, I'm like, oh man, it would have been nice to just like 
get all these thoughts out and then continue on with my day. So you don't yeah, or need, even yeah. praying mm-hmm. is a form of manifestation or you can yes. just, whatever, like the law of attraction, I think mm-hmm. is very real. Yeah. Like whatever you want to be real will be real. And there's so many things that have manifested just like having like obsessions over like something happening mm-hmm. and being afraid of it. I feel like I manifested it. Do you do a vision board? Uh, no, I like have always thought about it, but I like don't know where to get that many magazines to be honest. Back in the day, it used to be so easy. Yeah, there used to be so many magazines. I feel like now, like, there's just like Vogue. Yeah, I'm fortunate. My roommate, he has so many subscriptions to so many different magazines, and so he'll just like, yeah, so he'll just flip through them, and then we just have a pile of magazines. So once a year, I do vision a vision board with some friends, and so I bring all the magazines, but I also will like sit with myself and print out a bunch of pictures that I want on my vision board. And the one I did last year, so many things on there came true that it was almost, it was like, honestly scary. Like I had so many things come true on there that I, I, my brother even looked at me and he was like, you're getting like, honestly, it's a little scary how good you're getting at this. And I feel like that, you know, there will be people who listen to this and be like, manifesting is not real or whatever. But honestly, if you believe it works, and I do believe that sitting down, concentrating, and then obviously putting the work in that direction you know like you know when people listen to those hype up ones like where it's like you are the like maker or whatever and you can you're the beast attack it right you know, right when people listen to this, i'm just like i don't know like how about you just turn that off yeah. think about the person you want to be like you know <laughs> yeah know. yeah get your get yourself form. in the vault yeah in yeah the yeah that sort of thing but yeah i definitely believe in that i'm like mm-hmm. make a list of everything i want to do um mm-hmm like every year I don't know if I reach all of them because I feel like my goal I always make my goals like impossible purposely impossible because I'm like I want to make sure like there's no like weird ceiling that I'm stopping myself from you know what I mean I like that a lot I actually wanted to circle back in the beginning of the conversation we were talking a little bit about how you interviewed Garcelle but you also were a writer for the Jamie Foxx sitcom, Dad, Stop Embarrassing Me, which again, yeah. another show I watched all in one sitting. I don't know. Do, do people know about this show? It was so funny. I loved it. I just like wanted more of it. There should be more of it. I yeah. feel like people know about it, but like Netflix didn't want to do a second season Jeez. and we will never understand like what little data packets that Netflix has that causes them to cancel shows because they don't really divulge it but yeah yeah. that is a bummer that that show was canceled uh what a full circle moment of Jamie Foxx it comes to go back to but and and amazing casting David Allen Greer as his father yeah he was a great casting yeah it's kind of interesting because they're like the same age Mm -hmm. but oh really Jamie Foxx is just like ageless he's fine yeah yeah he's a very attractive man yeah for real um so that must have been a really cool experience was that the biggest writing room you've ever been in with the most people yeah because it's a comedy Uh um for basically comedies you have to have a lot of writers because you put a lot of jokes in and you want it to be like you know on a multi-cam you want ideally every line of dialogue to have a joke attached so that requires quite a few writers you Mm -hmm. know 
one person can't think of every joke. Of course I wish. I, I mean, like some people can, but um, not on that show. And, and so, not consistently. Yeah. Like you want to be able to replenish, keep replenishing, and not running anybody's and, like, tank be out. Be the best. Yeah, be the best jokes that they can be for like the characters. So like everyone in the room represented like a different character, I feel. Yeah. On that show. That was like really important as well. Um, but yeah, um, that was definitely like the largest writer's room I was ever in. Like and the one I'm in now is probably like the smallest room I've ever been in. Oh, um, can you say which one you're in now? Or no? It hasn't been announced yet. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, awesome. Congratulations. It's animated. Yeah, it's about like a football player and his daughter. So it's like very much like daddy daughter vibes. Mm-hmm. Same with dad's up here. Dad, you're or dad's up here embarrassing me. I like yeah. forgot the name of the show. It's a long, a, a long <laughs> title. But yes, I, know I did not about. trade the name of that show. That's <laughs> a long one. No one's holding it against you. You're so, so good. So this, <laughs> you're not this is another family s show. Yes, it's like a very family black excellence vibe show. Amazing. Um, and yeah, I'm hyped to be on shows um like that and have like a good legacy. Obviously, I'm like a very like a uh, blue comic, oh, so yeah. it's like very interesting. Like even on the show that I'm on, like we make a song every episode, mm-hmm. and I'm just like they know me for like my comedic music, like man titties and period bitch and. <laughs> like cinderella dick and it's so interesting that leaving in lingerie yeah (laughs) and like i'm making like an animated family show so it's like very like different vibes but like just because you normally speak in one sort of voice doesn't mean you can't speak in others yeah I think that's a really, really great way to put it. Camille, I want to thank you so, so much for doing this show. Before I let you go, will you please plug anything you want to plug or anything you want to share so people can find you, follow you, whatever they got to do? Okay, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at The Witty Girl and TikTok at The Witty Girl 94. And check out Crystal and Chelsea. Um, It's on YouTube. Just type in Crystal and Chelsea. The link is also in all of my bios. And also check out my musical comedy album, Silly Bitch Music. It's streaming on all platforms at The Witty Girl. Amazing. Well, Camille, this was just such a great way to spend an afternoon. Thank you so, so much for doing the show. And you and I will talk soon, all right? Yes. All right. Bye. Bye.